Welcome back, podcast. I hope all of you are doing well. I appreciate you being here with us for another episode. My name is Jasmine Wonders, and I'm joined by RJ Rome, as always. We're so grateful for all of you that joined us in 2020, and we hope that that continues in 2021 as we have many more guests to come. But before I jump into the episode, if you don't mind, subscribe so you're notified when these episodes come out. And if you can, write us a review. Now, let's get to the episode. So today it's RJ and Jasmine. Unfortunately, Maria Ann Green couldn't be here with us today. We wish her well and we hope everyone is is good. But today we thought we would just keep going with just the two of us and hopefully it'll be a nice, loose, fun one. What do you think, Jazz? Let's hope so. It always <laughs> is. Yeah, it's it's fun. We've We've got to pivot. Pivot. The show must go on. That's it. What do you got today? So... You and I talked about it briefly before starting this one, that this would officially be the one-year anniversary when this episode airs. That's right. So give me some thoughts. Reflect on the past year. What have you thought? How have you felt doing these podcasts? Is it different now than it was in the beginning? Talk to me. So I... I think in terms of podcasting, I thought the nerves would have gone away by now. I definitely still have some nerves, although they're not as bad as they were when we first started. Mm-hmm. And I, I cannot even believe that it's been a year. Cannot. It just, the year flew by. Um, I'm surprised we're still doing this. <laughs> and I'm fortunate that we're still doing this. Um, I've learned. I think it's better when I don't prep too much. Hmm. I think I am better off the cuff, but sometimes I feel like that does limit me a little bit in terms of like having topics to discuss with an author. Do you think it helps that I'm more like structured? Yes. Okay. Yes, for sure. I think that's a perfect compliment. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like we hear a lot of the same things from a lot of the people we talked to. So I felt like week after week, I I was like coming up with the same list of questions. So I think it's best now for me that I'm like deep listening to what they're saying and then ask questions based off what we hear them say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, since I prep so heavily, it's like, I like to be able to like get a sense of that person before we speak to them. But it's right. hard if they only have books out because if I'm not mm-hmm. reading them or I don't know or I, I or I know bits and pieces of what they say or what they allow you to say. Like I'll try to get some undertones from social media or other things like some people have done a, like previous interviews, whether it's written ones or, or audio. But you really don't get a sense of them until you actually like start talking to them. So I try not to anymore. Obviously, you knew me in the beginning. I was like writing full novels <laughs> of questions. And now I'm kind of like, all right, I can put some bullet points and feel comfortable enough to formulate my thought in my head on the fly when mm-hmm. in the beginning I couldn't. So it's, right. it's a nice, I guess doing it over time kind of makes it better. And I kind of, I don't know, it breaks up my week really to be able to try to 
record these and speak to different people because I don't really see many people. So it's like kind of nice to speak to somebody different every once in a while. For sure. And it's, I always find it amazing. Like we talked to Angela last, last episode and she's in the UK and it's Mm -hmm. like, we know her. It's so familiar. Mm -hmm. And like you, you build a relationship with these people and you're not even like in the same geographical location. Right. You know, what's funny too. I think some people, not everybody, of course, but like some people, since we don't physically see them either, you know, this is all audio. So you, you kind of build a connection based on what they say or kind of how they sound. Right. And so it's like really interesting because Angela's voice and no weirdness here, but like her voice is really calming. Like listening to her is like listening to like a, a lullaby. You know what I mean? For sure. Like, I want to take her course just just to hear her talk. (laughs) (laughs) I hear what you mean there. I mean, there has to be some, even listening to her talk about it, like, it was nice to hear the passion behind it. Because I'm so, like, I'm I'm a person of that. Like, if you're passionate, I know you're going to do a good job and put your everything into it. So it Mm -hmm. seems like something that's going to be good. Right. Are you going to take it? I'm I'm on the fence. I definitely want to take it. Obviously, mm. financial reasons, I right. might not be able to. But if if they offer it again, I'm definitely interested. Right. Yeah. I hope they offer it again. Yeah. And and we're referring to the um, course for creatives by Angela Cairns. Yes. And, um, if anyone's interested, I think right. it could start in May, early May. Yeah, sometime some point in May. I don't remember the exact date, but so speaking of audio you and I talk a lot about Mm -hmm. clubhouse and I'm on it all the time I know you try to get on it sometimes and you know time permitting obviously you have other things going on what are your thoughts on that being kind of like the new kind of interesting platform that not even everybody's on yet so I think we're really fortunate that we could have hopped on there early when we Mm -hmm. did but I think I'm definitely not utilizing it to the best of my ability right now. I do really favor that it's a platform you can be like live on, but not present. Like you could be doing other things while you're listening in a room. Mm -hmm. Um, It makes me nervous when someone invites me to participate (laughs) because I feel like I don't have anything to offer sometimes. (laughs) Um, But that's my own hesitation. Mm -hmm. I think it's very interesting how many different topics they have already and how many rooms and how broad it is. But in terms of authors, I was surprised how many people in the writing field there actually are on there already. Mm -hmm. Have you been able to like jump into a few rooms and just listen? That's pretty much what I've been doing. Okay. I just jump in. I have like a couple interests that I favorited so I get notifications when they pop up and sometimes it's hard to just, you know, for me and my lifestyle with the kids and everything, I'm like, I'm listening. I'm earbuds in, but I'm not fully immersed in it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm very novice, whereas you're, you're totally into it. Yeah. Even with the author space, I haven't really listened to even many rooms in that area. So I don't even right. know all the authors that are on there. Obviously I'm, into a lot of other things, whether it's listening to people talk about art or business or other things like that, or sports even, you know, obviously my other interests outside of that. So I haven't even utilized it the way I maybe could or should. 
but I do like the fact that it's almost you're hidden to some extent. Mm -hmm. Like I can be myself and nobody really knows me and other than what I say or if I say anything. And just like you, I haven't jumped on stage because I feel like, you know, nervous or weird about it. I'm like sometimes can be socially awkward. So like I definitely am like, oh, you know, I overthink it a lot. And there could be times where I'm sitting in the audience like, just wanting dying to say something and I just don't go up there and say something so I like the platform format though just like doing these like it's fun to do these okay so socially awkward like I kind of don't like that they let you see like whoever you're friends with you can see what room they're in Mm -hmm. that kind of freaked me out because I think you saw me in a room and you're like oh you're you're on and I'm like how do you know that (laughs) like what if I'm in like a weirdo room, you know, like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> listen, I mean, as, as anonymous as you are, you're also not, it's like a weird balance with that platform because like, it's yeah. like, and, and I've heard this from people in, in different rooms. It's like, you know, they, they, they caution you to be careful who you invite into clubhouse because that name is written mm. at the bottom of that person's page. So if they're like, you know, cursing people out and starting fights in the rooms those people actually go to their profile and look at who invited them into clubhouse and are like oh Oh, there's something wrong with this person because why would you invite them in there you know so i've been even very hesitant to invite people even because i'm like oh i i could invite this person and i'm like yeah but if they say something you know maybe a little controversial is it going to fall back on me as like the person who invited them in you know right I was going to say, like, as far as, like, being anonymous, like you said, I I use a pen name, obviously. Mm-hmm. And to get into Clubhouse, you're using your phone number. Mm-hmm. And, like, I had a suggestion the other day of a personal friend. So now I'm like, are they seeing me as my pen name that I'm a suggestion because my phone number is in their phone and vice versa? So, like, for me, I think I I would wish they would change that down the line. Mm. Where it's not so you phone want, number you based. Want more kind of visi- like invisibility. Yes, because like Instagram, I have my personal account and I have my author account, mm. and the two don't collide mm-hmm. with one another. So it's like for me, it's a little nerve wracking now that like people are gonna start seeing. And they'll be like, well, why is she on with this name? <laughs> yeah, and and <laughs> then your picture is on there too, so it's like, you know, you right. can definitely you can definitely see. I think like I've gotten the same thing. Like I've had like let's say like an old coach that happened to be on there too, or somebody like I dated in the past. I actually got notification that they were on there too, so I wondered the same thing. I'm like, oh, did they get a notification that I was already there? Or and even the way I got in. You know, you and I signed up for it and my cousin was on there and was like, oh, all right, I'll bring her in. And I had no idea he was even on there because I was like, you know, nobody talks What's about Clubhouse. It. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So I'm like, I'm like, nobody talks about Clubhouse. Like, how does he know, you know, whatever? How did he know I was coming in or trying to get in? Right. So I just, you know, I think it's and even you like with the rooms. I'm like, you know, yeah, I can see what rooms you go into. I can, you know, swipe over and see exactly where you're at and and jump into the room if I want to. But I think that's part of the. What sets them apart. Correct. You know, like the people I follow, I know, like they may go into some different rooms and it's kind of like 
okay, this one sounds interesting. I'm going to jump in that one. Or this sounds stupid. I'm not going to go into that one. You know what I mean? Like it gives you ideas for rooms that you may not have found if you didn't or if you weren't connected to that person, you know? Yeah. I mean, I definitely like their all audio approach. I'm Mm -hmm. not a fan of video. Mm -hmm. I it's something I just cannot get past. Right. I've I've tried very hard. Sometimes (laughs) I don't try hard enough. But in terms of like going live on Facebook or going live on Instagram, it's just not something that I I'm comfortable with. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely think for clubhouse, I could get to the point where I would go on a stage and maybe speak because it is all audio. Right. What do you think about hosting your own rooms and what kind of potential that that has? I, I do think it'd be a little more, I'd be more confident mm-hmm. if I was the host. Mm-hmm. It's kind of no different than what we're doing on the podcast. Right. And it'd be nice to have like, you know, six kind or seven people. Control yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of agree with that sentiment. Like when it's somebody else's room, I'm a little more nervous and like right. also you don't know the people that are listening to them either. So you're kind of like, uh, if I say this, like, is this not like allowed or is this not appropriate for right. this room? You know, the vibe of the room. Right. I also think there's a lot of things I don't know, even having been in there. Like I listen to people say stuff like popcorn and PTR and I'm like, what is that? Right. <laughs> you know, so I had I to kind know, of like, like, I think PTR is, I, I let me not actually say that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But it's like some, like there's like points where they reset the room and, you know, if you're listening long enough, cause I've actually listened, sat in some rooms and like passively listened for like literally four or five hours where I, know, I can't believe that. Yeah, man. Like I'll have, I'll have it all, like I'll have it open, you know, open and I'll have maybe an on speakerphone kind of thing where I can hear it out loud. And then at certain points, like, let's say, you know, I've, you know, family in the room or whatever, then I'll just put my ear pods in and, you know, finish listening there. But I kind of, I don't know. There's like some, there's like unwritten rules to clubhouse that you don't always know. So I, you know, I try to like, pick up on it and that's probably another reason why I don't just jump up and on stage and say like hey I want to say this or whatever the case may be right but I do think it would be easier to have our own room or my own room for that matter because it's you have more control over the conversation you have more control over what's going on in the room so it's that would help to me right I think a room with a topic like not just free-flowing conversation like one of the ones I've listened to is like uh, as an author creating a business like it was a a, more of a financial side Mm -hmm. to it and I feel like that you know streamlined the conversation instead of just being broad right so I think like if I I could definitely see us having a room and and talking right maybe doing like topics or whatever and do you think some of the people that we've interviewed already are actually on clubhouse I know Rachel Radner is. Mm-hmm. I'm As, not sure about anybody else. I, yeah. I don't know that I've come across anybody else. Yeah, I mean, it's people still aren't talking about it that much, you know, and there's two million people on the platform now, I think, or somewhere around there. So I think it's funny, like, people aren't even mentioning it, really, or you don't hear it much. Well, it's well, it's funny because over this past week, I have Sirius XM, mm-hmm. and I listen to Octane because I'm, you know, crazy like that. And... 
the guy, one of the hosts on there actually mentioned that he was on Clubhouse and come check him out. Okay. I, and I haven't, I haven't checked him out, but I, I thought that was pretty cool that it, that was the first like broadcast that I've heard of Clubhouse. Like, yeah. Somebody being like, like opening it, opening about, up about it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another thing that's like been huge topic of interest during this time was kind of, and I think it's partly growth as an author putting out the work and then promoting yourself after. So obviously I know you've been on a very vast journey where that's concerned. Can you kind of break down some of that and your thoughts on it and kind of where you see yourself going with it moving forward? Like, are you talking from beginning to end? Yeah. Like a journey of, yeah. Like I, I heard, you know, I heard, uh, somewhere somebody talking about that they were like anti Amazon ads in the beginning and then they broke down mm. and decided that they were going to actually try to do ads. So like, right. what was that for you? Cause obviously in the beginning you didn't do Amazon ads either. Now you are. I didn't. And I had some pretty good, I, I'd say for like a debut indie author, I had some pretty good page reads. Cause in the beginning I wasn't I wasn't wide. I was just on KU. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I was surprised at organic how many I was getting. But then that kind of dropped off. And I was like, all right, I, I got to do something. And you can only post so many things on social media mm-hmm. before people start unfollowing you, I feel like. Because mm. they're, you know, you're just pushing, pushing, pushing. Um, but, yeah, I, I've heard a good spread of people find the ad platform they like and they I feel like they're a little biased after that like I know a lot of authors swear by Facebook ads mm-hmm. um, others like the book bug ads but they're very very difficult to get into yeah. I haven't even tried either of those and then there's Amazon ads right now I'm very frustrated with my KDP account in terms of advertising dashboard i had obviously i we've talked about it before the brian cohen challenge five-day amazon ad challenge i started that in july and he does it every i think three or four months so this april was my fourth challenge and i'm actually in ad school now i actually bit the bullet back in january and put the money up for that course because i saw good success happening in about November and December, January kind of things fell off. I've heard from other authors that that's normal for that time of year. Mm-hmm. February was pretty much the same. Um, maybe I think it was much better than January though. March now I've dropped off again and April I've dropped off again. So it literally feels like someone froze my account over at mm. Amazon. I don't know what's going on. I, I mean, I had, thousands of page reads back in November, December, and now I'm barely at probably 500 for Mm -hmm. this month. I don't think that it's anything I'm doing in terms of the ads not being successful. I feel like Amazon's algorithm is screwing up a lot of people because I think they're making a lot of changes internally. Mm -hmm. In the past challenge that I just completed last week, I know a lot of other authors shared my sentiment that things are slow. Okay. Now I'm kind of, I'm trying to figure out, do I, where do I go from here? Like, what's my next move? Do I get into the Facebook ads 
or do I hang in for a little bit longer? Because obviously, you know, we're indie authors. We don't have a million dollars to put into advertising. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's like, it, it's frustrating. So you and I know, and this is kind of jumping into, but stink, sticking along the Amazon lines here. You and I know, obviously, you know, we talked briefly about this Kindle Vela thing that's coming out. Yes. Um, do you believe that that is part of why they're changing things around because they're introducing a new platform and obviously you would want people to use that platform. So I think things are going to be, when that opens up, I believe that it'll, there'll be more organic reach than ever before just because it's so new and that kind of for everyone else using something else, I think that is going to be a little interesting. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts on on that whole transition i definitely think that that could be one of the reasons mm-hmm. i mean maybe they're just not putting their time or headspace into what they're already doing and they're pushing something new there's over the last week i've heard a lot of noise in the author community about bella mm-hmm. so now where i was like i don't know if i'm gonna do this i feel like you have to i am gonna do it because <laughs> Not that I have to, but I want to because people are, you know, saying you're going to get that organic reach because if they like what you're writing in episodes, short, you know, short stories like that, then they're going to look for you on KDP or, you know, Kindle Unlimited, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Do you think because Amazon has been like a little um, kind of skimpy on the details of this thing because, you know, they obviously most people know you can remove your book from there or, you know, your story from there and then publish it elsewhere if, you you know, if you, whatever, if it's not working out or whatever the case may be. But some people didn't understand why if they had something on a different platform, why they couldn't kind of siphon the audience from Amazon as well as the audience that they currently have. Right. So what are your thoughts Amazon, on that? Amazon wants exclusivity. Mm-hmm. Like they, they want to hold the market share in the book world. And even though I think they're really late to the table with this, there has to be something that outshines the competitors in terms of this um, episode serial story mm-hmm. platform they're creating. So I'm curious to see where that goes, whether it's more money and royalties or better reach for anybody and not just premium accounts. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Do you think that they're going to kind of promote some of these stories in the, I, at least in I the hope beginning? especially as a new platform? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a good time to shine. Yeah. Are, are you going to create a different story to put on there? Like, does your thinking change now going to a different platform like this? Or do you write stories the same way? I don't know. I haven't really thought about that. Mm. I mean, a part of me says, yes, create something totally new. Mm-hmm. Another part of me says, like, create a world based off the characters I've already created so that they want to keep going into my novellas and my my novel. You know, mm-hmm. um, I don't I don't know. I, I think as long as they're character driven, I don't think you can go wrong. I think people really need relatable characters. Mm-hmm. And it's much less daunting to think of writing an episode than a whole novel or a novella. <laughs> so it might be fun to just create someone new or maybe even use characters 
from, you know, uh, the, what do you want to call them? Oh my God, I'm blanking. <laughs> the supporting characters from ah, another okay. story. Yeah. I mean, you know, like it, I've put out one story and it was not like a story. It was text based. And like, I actually like that format because I can yeah. control all the narrative. And to me, it's easier to control the narrative. However, it's still kind of even even putting out from an episode standpoint, that still feels hard to me because then I would want to have episodes lined up in advance just to make sure. Because obviously, when you read some of the comments of these platforms like Wattpad and other ones that are out there, people talk about the authors not, you know, only putting a certain amount of chapters, not finishing the stories. That's always like a big, a right. big issue for people. So like, I would not want to be that because if that's going to be my, you know, my one star comment, I, you know, you know what I mean? So how do you combat sure. that when you have like, cause when you write a story, I can write the story in full and just when I put it out, I put it out on this platform. Once you start, you, you kind of have to commit. Right. And that's sometimes difficult because, you know, sometimes the story doesn't always move like mm -hmm. that. Um, and I also feel like if like on Wattpad, they can comment within the chapter. And I think as an author or creatively, that might sway you from one path versus another mm -hmm. hearing people's voice, you know, right. Or reader, you know, what readers want. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's limiting. Mm -hmm. I think it could be helpful. I mean, like if you're stuck, maybe it's helpful mm -hmm. to say, OK, readers want me to go here. Right. And maybe it helps you move the story along. I see it kind of like a TV show. Right. Where you know how, like, obviously, as the TV writers, they write what they want to write and they put it out as such. But like when you start to see it go further along it's one of those things where they kind of give the audience what they want. Right. You know, like I, I, the only thing that comes to my mind right now is kind of like, you know, uh, I don't know. Well, I watched the show called All American, let's say. There's two characters in the show where, you know, they, they were with diff different people for the longest time and then kind of like, now it's like, oh, you know, forever these, you know, the fans wanted these two together because they met first and there was a connection there, but it never happened. And now they finally get these two characters together only to like have turmoil within the two characters. So I kind of like, you know, I think it's kind of fun to like see people's comments to some extent and then build a story off of it because maybe you didn't think of anything, especially if right. it's, a you know, an episode based thing. Like maybe you had some a brief outline of what you wanted, but then you don't know anything else. So if the fans are telling you, hey, you know, this would be cool if this happened or giving you some ideas, maybe that's helpful to some people, you know? I'm not, as a reader, I'm not into the serial episodes. Mm. I like to devour an entire book. I don't want to have to wait. <laughs> so you don't like, you don't like TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> but as an author, if that's where people are, mm. I, I, I have to, go where the people are so, yeah i don't know it you know it's so hard because like do you think that vela will trump a wattpad or something else i don't know because wattpad's been around a while but i mm -hmm. think a lot of people are getting frustrated in terms of reach mm. so if amazon can pull you know organic reach 
for you. I, I don't know. Do you think, think that the audience is going to be different on Vela as opposed to something like Wattpad? I'm curious to see if it's the same, if it's like a copycat, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And then my thing is, I know the authors are on board with it, but what in terms of readership? Who's How are they promoting this to readers? Mm-hmm. You know, like, is it through the Kindle app? Is it a separate app? Are they going to be able to link to your Amazon page, sales page? Hmm. That's tough to say. Because like I yeah. said, they've given very little details as to, like, how I'm... this platform is going to actually work. And maybe you get, like, little pictures of what it's going to look like. But other than that, you don't really know much. You know? No. And, and it was funny how I found out about it. It was just an email. Like, oh, yeah, well, we have this thing coming out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, okay, what what is it? Right. And see, like, the funny thing was when you told me about it, the first thing I did was go and research it because, you know, that's how I do. And so, like, I'm personally, I didn't, I don't know anything about the platform other than what I heard other people talking about it. Because I like to consume the people who are going to use the platform as opposed to actually consuming the platform. And those, the way they describe it or talk about it will determine what I choose to do ultimately, probably. But I just, you know, there were so many people who were like, this sounds a little funny. You know, they don't really give you any information. They don't really right. tell you how you're going to, you know, how you're going to get these reads or where the audience is coming from, or it's not promoted anywhere. You're coming out with it. Only God knows when. I know. And like, if I still as an author have to pay for ads for something that's so short, is mm. is, is that lucrative? I don't know. I mean, that would depend that, it, I mean, so you know, to... you know, per page what Amazon pays out on a, on a Kindle Unlimited book. It's it's less than a penny. So it's like if <laughs> if you're getting even less now on Vela. To be honest with you, I think Dogecoin <laughs> would have made you more money if you invested in that right about I now. I know. I mean, it's 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 so it's so tough. It's so tough to say because I don't know if they're going to come out with an ad product for that specifically. I don't even know how, you know, what it's going to be. Right. Because, like, right now, I didn't even realize that, you know, until you showed it to me recently. It was like, okay, it gives you, like, a sponsored thing. I'm like, what is that? Like, I don't even know what that is. And if I'm looking for something specific, what would make me click on that when I'm not looking for it? People do it, though. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, you would know better than I would because I don't, I haven't studied that. But I, but I know when I go into Amazon, like, let's say if I'm going to buy something and obviously it's not book related most of the time, but like if I'm going to buy something and I had to pay attention because I'm like, oh, I see the sponsored ads here now, but, right. I, but I don't click on them. <laughs> like so I just the realized goal, I'm like, <laughs> the goal is to get your sponsored ad to the top of the page. So when you type in romance books, or if you want to be specific and say, um, rockstar romance, Mm-hmm. Your goal is to get your ad to the top of the page, the search page. But most of the ads fall in the actual product page. So like if you search Rockstar Romance and then you click on what book you're looking for and you scroll down and, oh, people also bought or, you know, it's it's hidden in those tables within the sales page of the book they're looking for. That's where, like, I think a good 90% of my ads fall. Mm. It's extremely hard to make it to the top of the page because you're bidding against other authors. Mm-hmm. That's basically what it is. It's like an auction. 
<laughs> so like if my bid is 30 cents and another author says with those keywords, they're going to bid 75 cents. Well, they're going to make it to the top of the page before me. This is true. Mm-hmm. I mean, because everybody can't be at the top of the list. So it has to be whoever's spending the most money. Exactly. <laughs> And you're making Amazon money and you're getting paid pennies to the dollar. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, listen, think about it. Think about it even from a social media standpoint. I mean, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, whatever place that, you know, has an ad product. How else are they making money? The platform itself right. is free. They make yeah. money off of people spending all this money on ads. Like that's really the entire product. There's nothing else yeah. to sell me on there other than the ads. And I've been nice because before I paid zero attention to ads and I will I will blatantly say like if I watch TV now I don't li- I don't watch a single commercial. So I don't see the point in even having commercials on TV. I'd rather I'm like I try oh my not God. to. Dude, like the only thing I watch is sports live. Everything else is recorded and then I watch it after or I watch it on Hulu. Right. That's literally it. So that I don't have to watch the commercials. You know what I mean? Like, I just I can't stand commercials anymore on Instagram. I will actually go on and look at all the ads. If something cool pops up, like, how do you think I knew, you know, HBO Max had had Mortal Kombat coming out like this sounds nerdy. But, dude, I've I've seen ads every day for the last like week on Instagram. And I'm interested because I played Mortal Kombat as a kid all the time. But I'm like. I'd rather watch. I'd rather watch. I did. Yeah, I didn't think you did. Like I had, you didn't play games at all. No, no, I did. I was more of like a Nintendo Mario Brothers. Mm. See, I was like into like Sonic the Hedgehog. We played that. Yeah, and like NBA Live. Like you're not a sports person, so you wouldn't (laughs) be into that. But me and my brother played that stuff all the time on like PlayStation or like something else, like Sega Genesis. We had Sega Genesis, so like ads for me like I when I see an Amazon ad and I see the sponsored ad my psychology is almost like I'm not going to click on that I do that too (laughs) if I see something that I want in an ad I purposely search for the item instead of clicking the ad because especially now knowing that someone's paying for that I still want to give them their money but I don't want them to have to pay for the click Mm -hmm. so that's my important lesson ah, for so any you, readers you or it, authors out You there. do it based on, like, actual knowing. I do it just on psychology. I'm like, sponsored. Somebody's trying right. to sell me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and so I'm, I'm like, like, I'm like, I don't want that person to have to pay for that. Uh, listen, so, I understand. Just, if I want that, let, let me just type that in myself. <laughs> right. I mean, that's a, that's a good idea, actually. I've never really Although, actually thought of it that way. That's probably really horrible advice because then the seller doesn't know the data like mm. the back end of it mm-hmm. but because you know after you're doing all these ads you have to analyze the data to see what ads are profitable and mm. you know making you money and you know impressions versus clicks click-through rate but it's i don't know i feel like i'm doing them a service buying the product and not clicking on their head <laughs> yeah i mean i can understand what you mean so I wanted I want to just touch on one other thing. Okay. So we had our first male author come on. We did. What What do you What are your thoughts on that? Did you find it weird? I didn't. Okay. I thought it might be because, you know, 
almost everybody we talk to, I feel like is like a romance author mm-hmm. or a, in the genre of romance, whether it's paranormal or mm-hmm. reverse harem, like it's, it's there. So I was like, I really don't know how we're going to talk to a, a male perspective, mm-hmm. but I thought he was great. He was, he was amazing. I really liked him. And maybe he brought like a different perspective. Like he wrote about a life journey mm-hmm. and it was, yes, it was a romance hook, but it wasn't all about that. Right. I, you know, actually he was really good. I, it was, it was like a good first interview with one to have. Cause I wasn't sure what to expect. Cause right. obviously most of the people that you and I have interacted with were women. And so, and yeah, they were all romance and not you know, authors for the most part. So I was kind of a little nervous, you know, going right. into it, but then it was kind of like, he put you at ease and he's, in, this is another instance where like someone's voice really like yes. played a, played a role in that. Cause he was really easy to listen to, like really calm to talk to. He like answered everything perfectly. He was, he was even yeah. funny at points, you know? And for the listeners, we're talking about Paul G. Wright. He's a debut author. And I think he, he, um, he got said he got a publishing deal mm-hmm. for his debut yeah. novel, which is awesome. Yeah. I mean, it was basically through someone he knew, you know, right. using them as kind of a referral. Yeah. So, I mean, which is important for sure. But I mean, he still put the work in behind the novel, mm-hmm. you know, I I think we've only heard about two already like indie published authors getting book deals. Right. Um, after publishing themselves, which is comforting to know. Yeah, for sure. That was all my questions. Is, is there anything you wanted to touch on? Anything you thought about? Well, obviously advertising we talked about. Mm-hmm. Those, that's the big one. Mm. That's like the biggest thing about being an author that everybody needs to know. Yep. I just want to follow up to what we were talking about with Angela the last episode when I said I'm blocked creatively. Mm-hmm. I've decided to put the project on hold that was I was definitely stuck on. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, because the first 25,000 words went by so quick. I couldn't even believe I had that many words. Right. I think it's just because I put it down for a while and now picking it back up is difficult. I don't know why. I'm, di- I'm in a different headspace. You know, a lot of personal, private things going on. Right. But... I'm actually working on something else now. Okay. I was gonna, and I, I was I'm kind of taking Angela's Angela said, <laughs> just free, write, Just make it fun again. Mm-hmm. And so I've done that over the last week and I've, I've been trying not to put like a time constraint. I'm trying to free, write When I have time, but like not pressure myself to do it mm-hmm. so that I don't make myself feel bad when I'm not able to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just like loosely creating a story right now. Okay. And then I'm actually excited about it because I have to do a little bit of detective work and research for it. Okay. Um, because it's a little out of my my knowledge base. Uh, but um, still in the romance world. Okay. Might be a little on the darker side, which fine. Nothing wrong with that. You know, if it's no, if it's you know getting me to jot down some words. Is on it some still going to have a happily ever after? Jasmine, you know I'm all about the happily <laughs> ever after. <laughs> I can't do it. Man, then it's I, not dark enough I like, for me. I like my tagline to be RJ Rome, romance author with angst and happily ever after. <laughs> like, Man. I gotta have 
you know, I definitely want to take the reader on an arc where it might not work out. Mm -hmm. And you never know, maybe one day it won't work out, but you know, you know how I feel people. about that. We're sappy. We're sappy. <laughs> you know how I feel about that. Because I view everything through the lens of a movie or a TV show. So, like, I like when the characters don't end up together and may right. not end up together. I'm okay with killing off a character that everybody likes. I'm very okay with that. I just can't do it. <laughs> I know you Cause can't. Because I, I fall in love with the characters. Yeah, me too. You know, it's it's like I want to see them... Even if there's a whole bunch of crap that happens to them during the plot, I, I want to know that person is there for that other person at the end. That oh, be. Yeah, man. <laughs> Everything you just said sounded like the notebook. <laughs> Which is like, incidentally, my favorite Nicholas Sparks movie. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Book. Of course. Of course. I mean, it's a classic, of course, but it geez. is. <laughs> like Sylvia Day. She writes. Some of the most like taunted characters, so much turmoil within the book. And at the end of the day, it's, you know, the characters pulling each other together that makes the ending for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I understand. I mean, there's nothing wrong with those books. Like, I like to read them, too. And as much as I can, like, you know, joke around about, you know, not liking the happily ever after, like, yeah, I get I get upset, too, if it seems like it's going in that direction. But I think. That's the best part of a story is that I'd like to yeah. not know, you know, I don't like predictability. I like to, I like to read something and be like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Like, I want right. to, I want to like, and then not uh, honestly, this is how, what it was like for me with Twilight. Like when I read Twilight, I, I know many people love the fact that Bella ended up with Edward, but I was not one of those people to be honest with <laughs> I you. I know. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, I, I and that like reading that story as much as I love to read it, I was still pissed off too. You know what I mean? I, I'm team team Edward all the way. Uh, you know, I'm sure <laughs> you were because that was like the first the first like, you know, like interaction she had that seemed more than just like general chemistry with a character. You know? Right. So I get it. I understand completely. But like I'm, I don't know. Maybe you know. Maybe for me, it's like a little of my own personal like experiences or feel of certain things but it's like man why does that guy who's like or that person that's always there for the person that's like the best friend that's a, why does that person never get the love i get it <laughs> i do get it <laughs> i feel or bad if for they, that person or if too. they do love them it's not enough yeah you know what i mean this is true yeah I, that makes me sad and it funny enough said too funny enough if i write a story i don't write it that way either <laughs> you, know, you know like I still like like yeah you know it's close it happens but then it's like no and actually you know that person yeah back to the yeah so I get it so that's my advice is hopefully other people who are blocked creatively and they can scrap the project or put it off to the side and work on something else because I think it's really helping me and I'm actually I look forward to like daydreaming about the story during the day, even when I'm not able to write it. Mm -hmm. Just thinking of like character arcs and, and plot twists. So, yeah. and, and, you know, if it, it's fine, I have to learn that it's fine if it's just in my head for right now, if mm -hmm. I can't commit to like writing a whole story. Right. I mean, maybe that's something like you said, where Kindle Vela helps. I mean, if you right. can't write something fully all out, 
maybe you can do it in bits and pieces and throw it out that way and maybe get some of that organic reach and I mean you all, you already are in the Amazon ecosystem right so for me it's more like all right so I'm I'm writing this story and in addition to writing the story I also have to plan out log lines ad copy covers graphics it's like making it marketable mm-hmm. while you're writing it because that's like the number one feedback I hear from every author is you basically have to write to market which I'm not the best at because I write from the heart like what's in my head so it's like if there's a trend going you're supposed to write to that market and I can't say that I always want to do that because I want to I want to write what I want to write and the same thing with the covers the covers have to be to market so <laughs> you're supposed to look at the best sellers in your genre and subgenre and cre- come up with something so like that that's just where it becomes it's not just writing it's all the other things that go along with it yeah you know, that's a hard uh, sell for me as someone who writes to like be like, oh, yeah, to market. Those words are not in my vocabulary. I know. I know you're <laughs> hating that it's I'm like, saying that. Oh, yeah. It's like almost but, cringy. <laughs> but the proof is there because the authors that I know that write a series and they write a series to market, they're doing phenomenal. Hmm. Does that make it fun for you then as the author? It might for them, but not for me. (laughs) I mean, as you know, I have a series written that the first book one was like 120,000 words. Yes, I know. (laughs) And (laughs) it it was very long. And Mm. if and I probably could break it up and put it out. And to me, that would be fun because that's a story I wrote that I put a lot of heart into. Mm -hmm. But it's just sitting on a hard drive now because it's like, I don't know how to break it up. And I've never really written a series before Mm -hmm. and getting negative feedback on it. It kind of changed my perspective of the story. So now like I could go to market with that, split it up into a series, Mm -hmm. but it's like, is that right for the story? Is it supposed to be eight books or is it supposed to be three books? But readers like at least a seven, eight book series. That sounds incredibly long. Yes. Yep. Seven or eight books. Yeah. And I think a lot of them are like char- like world building, like mm. there's characters and then the next books is sub you know, mm-hmm. supporting character and so on and so forth. I mean, maybe that's a good just, way to do it. Maybe I'm not creative enough to come up with a whole world like that. I don't like to say stuff like that either. I know. I, think I don't want to sound negative. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody's capable of doing something. It's just. I just don't know if you're in the headspace at the moment to do it. And I don't right. know if you were in it then either because it was brand new. It was the very first time. I, I think you've grown a lot since then, but then also things, a lot has happened in this time too. Right. Like it's not just five years. It's five years of like a whole lot of stuff, you know? Mm. And you said it, you know, you're going through personal things now and, it makes it much more difficult to write stories and be immersed in something that just doesn't feel appropriate in the moment, you know? Right. So I wouldn't beat myself up about it. You never know if you go back to that story in a year, 
you never know what you could come up with or what it looks like. It might look a little bit different. I'm a firm believer that everything has its moment and I just don't think that it it's had its moment yet. It's not ready. So So. keep putting out what you're putting out and then I, I'm, I'm trying. Like I said, this past week was good. I did some research. I got some words and that's all I can do right now. Right. I mean, the world is in chaos, so it's not just me. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Stories are supposed to take them away from that, you know, Yeah. that, that chaos of the world. So that's why you write what you're supposed to write. That's how I look at it. It's good advice. No advice here. <laughs> Just sharing my opinion. Well, happy anniversary. Yes, happy anniversary. To my writing podcast. Right. And uh, thank you for being my, my partner in crime here. Of course. I'm, I'm really proud of us. Me too. Like you said, it's definitely gone on longer than I thought it would. But it's really <laughs> awesome, though. I like speaking to the different people and even having these moments with you and I, even though it was stressful to uh, plan in in 20 minutes, it's still. still Yeah, (laughs) but it's fun to promote authors and, Mm -hmm. you know, lift them up for their hard work and shout them out. So, right. And get to know them. I mean, we get to talk and it's, it's not always just writing, you know, which is, I think, also pretty cool. Like, we don't just talk to them about writing. Like, yeah, most of it is. But we still get to know, like, the personal stuff that they do. Like, things they like to do outside of writing, you know? Right. Like, I've never seen people do whatever it's called, jumping on a trampoline for exercise. But guess what? I I went and looked it up because somebody said they do it. So I was like, wait a minute. Let me see. I got to see what this is. It looks violent, by the way. I, I was going like to say I'd kill myself. A train wreck, re- train wreck waiting to happen. But I mean, for some people, hey, that might be fun. I definitely saw someone that, that has their own gym uh, overseas somewhere and does that as like her like online exercise for people. So, hey, my neck, my neck and back would I would be, be mad at you. I'd be crippled. <laughs> If you made it this far, you survived another episode of Married to My Writing. Be sure to subscribe and stay tuned for our next episode. Until then.